Welcome to the Biohackers live show. My name is Teemu Marina, and I'm your host today. Today we will dive deep into regenerative medicine together with Dr. Kristin Comella. She's one of the top experts on this field, uh, has a bunch of publications on stem cells and regenerative medicine, and she has a lot of experience through U.S. Uh, stem cell uh, clinic as well as uh, through her own research into the potential of using your own, own body to heal itself. Uh, before we start, I want to remind you of your abilities to join into this conversation. So you can use the hashtag BiohackersLive, uh, hashtag BiohackersLive. You can use it on Twitter and Instagram. I'll be following any of the updates coming in. If you have any questions, uh, throw in. Also, you can follow the stream on our Facebook channels for Biohackers Handbook, as well as Biohackers Summit, and also on our YouTube channel. So if you have any questions, post your questions, and we'll pick some of those uh, throughout the show uh, to ask Kristen. And the show notes for this episode and the recording will be available at biohack.to slash Kristen. So with that, uh, Dr. Kristen Comella, I'll give you a little background on her. So she's a PhD and a world-renowned expert on regenerative medicine with a focus on adipose-derived stem cells. And uh, she has a PhD in cell science and holds both MS and BS in uh, chemical engineering. Her professional experience includes positions in several companies, including recently U.S. Stem Cell, Bet Biologics, Tulane University, and Osiris Therapeutics. She's currently serving as the chief science officer and board member of U.S. Stem Cell, a publicly traded company uh, in the U.S. side, focusing on discovery, development, and commercialization of autology cell therapies for the treatment of degenerative diseases. And she has certainly um, been very active in this field, being responsible for development and implementation of cell therapies in the clinic for a wide variety of different indicators for more than 7,000 patients. Furthermore, hundreds of practitioners worldwide have provided stem cell treatments to their patients using her protocols. Uh, so I'm gonna invite her in just in a second. So let's, let's take a look at the trailer. Hey, Kristen, how are you doing? Hi, great. Awesome to have you finally uh, in this show. So how did you start your day? What time is it over there? Uh, it's just past 10 a.m. Um, I'm still fasting, so uh, helping to boost my stem cells naturally with a little intermittent fasting. Um, and oftentimes I'll start my morning with a Ben Greenfield type smoothie, uh, which includes avocado and spinach. So the, the kick-ass monster uh, smoothie that he makes yes, that has like everything in it. Uh, yeah. I see. I see. What I'm drinking here is uh, the longevity tea called Ginostema together with some puer tea. So I'm also trying to extend my telomeres. I don't know if that's going to work, but at least I, I, I really do enjoy the taste of this uh, drink. Being optimistic and hopeful about it is half the battle. Keeps your telomeres longer. That's for sure. That's for sure. So um, uh, going into the topic of today, so how did you get interested about stem cells? What's kind of your background into it? Sure, sure. Uh, when I originally started my undergraduate, I was studying chemical engineering, um, but I took more of a focus uh, applying engineering to the body because really the most amazing machine that's ever been made is the human body. Uh, think about it. Your heart is a fantastic electrical device that will work uh, for a hundred years without fail. There's no electronic on the planet that will work this fantastic. And so uh, by applying engineering ideas to the human body, I think that we can really help to improve uh, the quality of our life and also increase our lifespan. Um, so looking at some of the things that occur naturally inside our body and then seeing how we can tap into it has really been the focus of my career. 
uh, the most amazing thing inside our body is stem cells. And uh, so learning how to hack the stem cells in our body and apply them where we need them most uh, is going to be critical to longevity. That's for sure. It's going to be critical. And my question to you is like, have you always been interested in longevity, like taking care of yourself also in other ways than fixing yourself when things start to break? I have. I've always been a, a bit of a health nut uh, as well as, uh, I guess, a gym rat. So I, I do like to exercise and uh, find ways to improve my health in, in most natural ways. And of course, I do consider myself a biohacker. Um, so uh, ways to really enhance health and, and look at myself from the inside out, um, both mentally and physically. What is uh, the I mean, if you give like a short pitch to anyone, like what stems are, stem cells are and how we can benefit from them and what's their role in the body, like what's your kind of elevator speech on it? Sure, sure. So every single one of us has stem cells inside our body. The main purpose of these cells is to maintain and heal tissue where they reside. Uh, so if you uh, went to the gym this morning and you did a few squats, you would get little tears inside your muscle. And the main purpose of the, the stem cells that lay beneath the muscle is to come out and repair those tears. So this is why if you went to the gym every single day doing squats, your muscles would eventually get bigger. Uh, it's because your stem cells are helping to repair and to create new muscle. This goes on inside every single tissue inside our body. Uh, we're having constant turnover, and it's the stem cells that are responsible for this. In fact, if you didn't have stem cells in your body, you could only live for about an hour. Um, and one thing that I, I think uh, I see oftentimes misquoted is that as we age, our stem cells are not as good, or maybe we don't have as many. Regardless of your age, you have stem cells hard at work. Uh, so if you're still alive and breathing, you've got stem cells. Um, so all we need to do is harness this healing potential that naturally exists inside you and that is responsible for repairing. The challenge is that sometimes as we age, our stem cells become overworked uh, and burdened and we're not able to repair injuries or uh, exhausted tissues as easily. So this is why we wanna assist the body um, by taking stem cells where they may lie in storage and relocating them to where we most need them. I gotcha. So when it comes to the role of stem cells in regenerating tissues, um, I mean, what separates us from certain animals that can, for example, grow a new tail? Uh, yeah, so a lot of this has to actually do with electrical stimulation. Um, this is something that we've worked at on in our lab, combining electrical stimulation with the concept of stem cells. And so if we can figure out uh, the exact correct electrical stimulation to apply while we are applying stem cells, uh, we may actually be able to stimulate growth of a new limb. Uh, for example, uh, if somebody has a, a finger that's been cut off, we could potentially grow this back. And we've actually uh, done a couple patients where we've applied the stem cells uh, after having lost a limb and we've gained uh, several millimeters, uh, if not centimeters on that limb that was lost. So we did some experiments in the lab where we took stem cells and grew them in a petri dish and we applied electrical stimulation similar to a heartbeat uh, while those cells were growing and what we discovered is that we could actually double the cardiac proteins expressed just by applying this electrical stim in combination uh, you know with the stem cells that were growing so i do think that's going to be something that we'll see in the future uh, where we can grow limbs and or organs um, Time will tell how long that will take. But for now, what we've been doing is applying the stem cells to injuries and helping to repair and restore damaged tissue. Um, so mm. one of the easiest ways to collect stem cells is actually from your fat tissue. And that's what you focus on. So when it comes to stem cell therapies, what are the therapies today that are clinically uh, most uh, promising and most used? So about 10 or so years ago, uh, I began working with stem cells from the fat tissue. Um, prior to that, I had looked at other sources of stem cells, including bone marrow and muscle, um, which by the way, every single tissue inside our body has stem cells. So you could isolate stem cells from uh, just about any tissue source inside the body. 
um, what we discovered is that one of the most plentiful sources of stem cells is our fat tissue. And it's a very easy procedure to obtain fat tissue. It's, it's so easy that we are able to do it with just local anesthesia. Patients can remain awake. We make such a tiny incision that it doesn't even require stitching. And we put some numbing solution just below the skin. And from a very small amount of fat, we can get a huge amount of stem cells. And one of the other reasons that this is uh, really preferred for us is because the amount of white blood cells that are present in the fat tissue uh, is very low. Now, white blood cells are pro-inflammatory. This is um, part of our body's natural healing uh, response. White blood cells create that inflammation. Uh, so oftentimes our bodies overreact with inflammation. And so when we're trying to address uh, something that is damaged or uh, damaged tissue as a result of a disease, we don't necessarily want additional inflammation. So using a tissue source that's gonna be low in white blood cells, but very high in stem cells is ideal, and fat tissue is that. The other thing that's really uh, great about the fat tissue is that it tends to be a protected source, meaning that our fat doesn't age at the same rate as other areas in our body. So for example, the stem cells that are present in our bone marrow go down as we age, whereas the amount of stem cells present in our fat tissue tend to stay very even as we age. So you can still get a very good amount of cells even from patients that are in their 90s. And once we take those cells out, we can use it to apply many different indications. Um, so currently we're working with patients who have neurological conditions, um, issues inside their brain. This, this could include things like Parkinson's or MS uh, or even traumatic brain injury. Uh, we also work with patients that have systemic issues, whether they're autoimmune diseases or different degenerative diseases, issues in the heart, lungs, uh, diabetes. Um, and we do quite a bit of orthopedics. Uh, so these can be injuries and or um, degenerative conditions like osteoarthritis. Uh, we also work with issues inside the back, things like degenerative disc disease or injured um, back. And then the last thing that we do uh, is going to be more like an anti-aging. This is certainly something that I do on myself uh, where I apply the stem cells when I don't necessarily have anything wrong, um, but I can apply them systemically and the cells will naturally home to areas of inflammation and they can help to reduce that inflammation. Um, and as, as many of us know, inflammation is really what kills us. It's what causes our telomeres to shorten um, and it essentially determines our age. So by keeping down inflammation, um, and you can do this in a variety of different ways, but mm. uh, one of the things that I do is apply a stem cell dose to myself about every six to 12 months. Oh, you do? So you're basically injecting yourself with stem cells to bring down inflammation. So that seems like a preventive measure. That's correct. So one of the things that I like to do is if um, I know that I've been uh, traveling, I'm going to be exposed to a lot of radiation on airplanes or just kind of hard, hard travel that requires my sleep schedule to get interrupted. Um, this takes a toll on the body. So I'll do an IV dose at that time uh, just to give me a little boost. So what I often will notice when I do this is I get increased vascular supply. So um, my fingernails or my hail hair will grow faster. Wow. Um, I see an improvement in my skin quality um, and sometimes increased libido. Oh, uh, most of those that you just mentioned sound like things that I get from collagen, but definitely not better libido. So I need some other things for that. <laughs> Another question for you about uh, that kind of procedure. So when you look at things like cancer risk, when you look at growth factors and, you know, using something like that, like a growth hormone, uh, how about injecting yourself with stem cells? Is there a risk for cancer increasing? Yes. So, um, you know, certainly there's probably a lot more research that needs to be done before we can say with certainty um, what exactly the risks are going to be. And any medical procedure does come with risks. That being said, uh, we began treating patients in 2001. We've done more than 10,000 cases. Um, we've demonstrated in a peer-reviewed journal that this is a safe 
procedure. Um, and we can very easily take those cells out and put them back in. These are your own cells, so we're not using foreign substance. And because they are adult stem cells, they have something called growth inhibition. So when they um, cover an area, they automatically downregulate replication and they begin signaling for differentiation to repair tissue. Um, so this kind of overgrowth that you hear sometimes talked about with stem cells has to do with embryonic stem cells and not adult stem cells. The other thing to keep in mind is we've actually been treating cancer patients with a stem cell therapy since the 1930s. And this is often called a bone marrow transplant, but it is in fact a stem cell treatment. So there is quite a bit of data already available demonstrating that these cells can safely be used in cancer patients um, and or without risk of uh, creating a cancer issue or a tumor. Okay. I guess like when it comes to these kind of treatments, um, there is moments in your life when a lot of other kind of therapies are not going to produce the results. So relying on your stem cells might give a significant boost. And for, for that, I want to bring up a case of uh, Mel Gibson and his father. So let's check a little video from Seamland about uh, the interview with Mel Gibson on the Joe Rogan podcast. And, and that was pretty interesting. Let's check it out. So this, uh, you wanted to come in and talk about stem cells. Yeah. Maybe you heard recently about how Mel Gibson took his dad to stem cell therapy. Initially, it was for my dad. He was 92 and he was doing all the old man stuff. You know, his hip was killing him and he was like, uh, he had, he had multiple problems. Hutton Gibson, who was 92 at the time, had many health and joint issues. Everything from, you know, the prostate to the, to the hip, to the kidneys, to the heart, to the lung, you know, the whole deal. Before the treatment, the old man was in pretty bad shape in a wheelchair, but he was injected with some intravenous stem cells that put young anti-inflammatory cytokines and growth factors into his body. We took him down there and he, he got, uh, I think it was like a double dose in the hip. A double dose in the hip. He's almost 100 years old. And uh, from pretty bad shape, it was like bee stings. It was like he got a new lease of life. His um, cognitive powers improved. His eyesight improved. Whoa, whoa. You know, and other stuff improved that I he would hate me to talk about. <laughs> a double dose in the hip. Intravenous stem cells. Whoa. <laughs> but he had two nurses that reported to me. <laughs> and it was like, holy mackerel. Dr. Neil Riordan, the one who carried out the procedure, claims that the stem cells will also heal spinal cord injury as they've helped to make a paralyzed pilot who crashed in a plane walk again. Mel Gibson was also seen together with the famous social media star Dan Bilzerian at the Stem Cell Institute in Panama. I did the rotator cuff. I, yeah. I, I basically, I, I couldn't even lift my arm like three inches. I did the Regenicon and then Three weeks later, I was boxing. What is this magical sorcery? Or is it the Illuminati technology? Stem cell therapy is definitely not something new, but it's still not very common in mainstream medicine. And of course, it's quite expensive as well. So most people can't afford it. But don't worry, you too can rejuvenate yourself and regain your youthfulness. Double dose in the hip. Oh, that's, that's cool. Thank you very much, Seam. And uh, we're going to bring Seam online. So if Seam's around, uh, let us know. Hello, hello. I'm here. <laughs> okay, cool, Seam. So, so you, you basically are someone who is taking an approach that is, uh, someone could say, a natural approach to um, basically influencing your stem cells through diet. And, and you're doing ketogenic diet uh, Christine Comella mentioned that she's been fasting to uh, boost her stem cells. Uh, so what's your take on this? Like, I mean, you've been looking into the issue. Well, yeah, like, uh, like we mentioned uh, in our last night's live stream, like that these kinds of biotech and uh, biohacking, these kinds of things, they're going to be more accessible to people who can afford it. And, you know, the stem cells, they're a prime example of this. And, and, you know, Dan Dolzeria and Mel Gibson, they get access to these kinds of anti-aging technologies. So like uh, for the average people there, what they, they can do instead is un, or until like in the future, it's definitely, definitely going to be something that everyone can get access to and everyone should, you know, take advantage of. 
But in the meanwhile, mm. while we're developing these technologies, then everyone can do something simple strategies that uh, every day they can do it and uh, which can, you know, allow their body to mobilize the stem cells that they already produce naturally. So one of my favorites, one of the best things that I can think of is like fasting, like uh, Kristin mentioned already. And uh, that's, that's, that's shown to have like many other uh, rejuvenating effects, anti-aging benefits, improvement in all biomarkers. And uh, yeah, it's going to burn fat mm. and all those good stuff. So and immune fasting system. is definitely my, yeah, yeah fasting yeah. is my go-to. Yeah, regenerating the immune system and all these things. And uh, just like on the video, holy macro, uh, better libido. So, um, uh, Kristen, uh, what's your take on someone like Mel Gibson uh, and his dad kind of getting these kind of injections and uh, noticing an almost like a miracle uh, recovery um, in the last phase of his age? Yeah, so one of the first things that we notice uh, for a patient who is very inflamed, uh, when we do a stem cell injection, they will oftentimes feel a response right away because the stem cells can break that inflammatory cycle. Um, so inflammation tends to create more inflammation, and, and this is a fantastic way to stop that cycle. New tissue formation can take months. So that will begin around the three to six month time period. So think about a lizard, uh, like we mentioned before, that grows back its tail. That takes about two years to grow back a simple tail. So growing new tissue um, after there's, there's been a significant amount of damage can take a little bit of time and may require repeat dosing uh, with the, the stem cells. So it may not be a one and done type thing. In fact, I think that's a little bit unrealistic uh, uh, expectation that was placed on the field. The other thing is over the years, we have been able to bring down the cost of these treatments by bringing them into the United States. So when we first began doing some of these therapies, we were doing it outside the country and the cost could be in the tens of thousands of dollars. But now because we're able to do this uh, with practitioners here in the United States, the costs have come down quite a bit and they start in that $5,000 range, uh, which is very reasonable, especially when you consider we offer financing programs um, and you can even get things like platelet-rich plasma, which are a variety of different growth factors that are present inside your blood. And these start in the $500 range. So hmm. what used to be only for extremely wealthy individuals is now becoming something that's applicable for all Americans and individuals throughout the world. Um, so I think that, that there's nothing more valuable than your health. So sm spending a, a few thousand dollars um, to ensure that the quality of your life for a, a long period of time is well worth it. Mm, definitely. So when it comes to these kind of injections and if it's, the cost is like a 5K, I would imagine you save that much in potential medical uh, costs that might be for pain management or that might be for hospital visits. So if you are able to take a treatment that costs only 5K, that's probably going to be actually an investment into yourself that's going to save you later down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when you think about the downtime associated with uh, surgeries or lost time as a result of your injury and or disease, uh, lost time at work, uh, this is an outpatient procedure. It's about two to three hours in clinic um, and patients can resume their normal activities. Um, our main limitations after the procedure is that we ask that you don't submerge in water for about one week. You can take your normal showers. We ask that you don't drink alcohol uh, or smoke cigarettes for a week. Um, we also ask that you don't smoke cigarettes ever because uh, this will certainly age you um, and to limit your, your alcohol consumption because alcohol kills stem cells. So, um, wow. and this is one of the reasons you notice people who are heavy drinkers uh, tend to look much older. It's because their stem cells are being killed. So they're not replenishing their tissues. So their skin starts to look aged and diseased. Ooh, Seem, I mean, what would you kind of uh, go for? Would you take a stem cell therapy if that means that you will be able to extend your lifespan, maybe reduce kind of any kind of inflammatory or chronic disease or reduce the symptoms and at the same time uh, go a few weeks without cold showers? <sighs> Well, I think that... Uh, you would take a shower. <laughs> Just no bathtub. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think like that the, 
of course, if the if the situation requires it, then I'll I'll do any anything that's going to improve my well-being and uh, health. But I also like to think that uh, prevention is the best cure in the sense that you have to be actively doing these kinds of uh, anti-aging activities and habits that are going to yeah, maintain your stem cells and prevent prevent them from uh, prevent you know these kinds of injuries from happening as well. You know, like making sure your diet is on point. Uh, keeping your gut healthy, maintaining muscle mass as you age, you know, mobility exercises, those kinds of things, they're all important. And uh, yeah, prevention is the best cure in my opinion. Absolutely. I was just checking like a video by Peter Atia on, on these kind of longevity related things. And he's talking a lot about the importance of muscle mass that is often forgotten mm-hmm. when it comes to calorie restricted diets and so on. You're yeah. definitely going to need that also later in life. And uh, yeah, yeah, and they actually studies have shown that uh, people who are stronger actually live longer. So yeah, like grip strength is a huge indicator of longevity and uh, things like that. You know, because it's it shows that you're staying active and uh, yeah, it's it's all co- correlated to to that. Absolutely, thank you very much, Seem. So I'm going to continue right. with Kristen. So um, we're going to jump into some research uh, of of these kind of therapies. Personally, the situation where I am is that I have one chronic pain and chronic injury situation that I'm dealing with, which is some spinal injury that I got from doing pull-ups and not from doing pull-ups, but really dropping from a pull-up bar down to the ground um, a little bit, uh, a couple of years ago. And it's a lingering pain still, you know, on my upper back. And I haven't got an MRI, but probably there is some, some, something going on there. Uh, with the discs that that could potentially cause issues down the road. So I've been kind of considering how to treat, deal with that. I've been able to keep the inflammation down. I've been doing the lab tests. I'm able to deal with some of the pain issues. I was just in London. I was doing a TEDx talk there, and I visited um, uh, this hyperbaric oxygen chamber. So basically, you go to a few bars. Uh, what What happens is that the oxygen molecules, you're breathing uh, pure oxygen, the oxygen molecules get really, really small in your bloodstream, just like when you are uh, going diving. And it enables that oxygen to enter tissues that don't necessarily get as much oxygen in a normal state. And you're there in a, for like 60 to 90 minutes. And when I came out of that chamber, I have to say that I was pain-free uh, for a few days and it, I felt amazing. And, and certainly the level of pain has reduced since that procedure. So, but I've been thinking, you know, what, what if I go and do a uh, stem cell injection into my uh, spine and, and see, see what happens uh, with that kind of thing? And, or if I should wait a little bit uh, that I get to the age of um, Mel Gibson or his father uh, to, to kind of do these things to enjoy my later, li- later years more so. So let's, let's take the weekly research article as kind of, diving into this very topic. I'm going to run a little video here and and then we're going to jump into it. Okay, cool. The research article of the week is uh, published on in 2014 in the Stem Cells Journal uh, with the title percutaneous injection of autologous bone marrow concentrate cells significantly reduces lumbar discogenic pain through 12 months. Wow, that was a mouthful of of, uh, medical jargon. So what this basically means is that back pain affects millions of people and results in billions of dollars in lost income and medical expenses annually. And degenerative changes in lumbar disc are so ubiquitous that they are considered a normal aging process. I mean, that's what a lot of people are dealing with. That's what a lot of our relatives are dealing with this disc issues. So degenerative disc disease induces chronic pain with limited non-surgical options. I mean, there are some treatments you can deal with, but it's, it's kind of limited. Recently, a regenerative medicine approach to the repair of damage and chronically inflamed tissues has been sought as an alternative to invasive surgery or pharmaceuticals. And that's what the study went down into. So if we, if we look here, uh, there was 26 patients. There was no placebo control. Um, and they were selected with the following criteria. They had centralized chronic low back pain that increased with activity and lasted at least six months. All of those patients went, uh, underwent pre-injection medical, uh, pre-injection medical history and different kind of physical examination. 
All other patients were injected uh, based on MRI scans, and the MRI scans were repeated at 12 months. So what we see here on the image, uh, number uh, the, the, the letter A, is basically uh, a typical picture before, and uh, the image B is after 12 months. And, and in looking at the results, um, there was statistically significant reduction in different pain indicator scores. And, and it looked pretty good. Only five patients did not improve, so out of 26 patients, um, uh, by at least 25% in terms of their pain. So most of the people really got uh, help from, from this kind of injection. Um, rehydration of the discs happened in eight of uh, 20 patients, according to MRI, and uh, with, uh, in conjunction with sustained pain relief through 12 months. Um, that's statistically significant. That's very interesting. Um, there weren't, were no reported adverse effects and, um, in the aspiration site or in the injection site for any of those patients. So it seems like a pretty safe thing. So um, can, you, uh, can you, Kristen, kind of guide us through like how much of these kind of treatments are being done, how experimental these kind of uh, treatments are, and where are we going to see uh, that, that this field is going to be going in the future? Yeah, so I think that this is actually going to be very common for back patients and for back pain and for injuries and degeneration in the, in the spine. Um, I think that we are all very aware of the opiate epidemic and practitioners as well as patients are looking for alternatives. Um, that are instead of masking the symptoms, getting to the root cause. And regenerative medicine is so primed to take over in this space. Uh, we actually have published a very similar study uh, about a year ago in degenerative disc patients where instead of using the bone marrow aspirate, we were using the stem cells from the fat tissue. Um, and because this is gonna be higher in stem cells, we, we think that we can get better outcomes for these patients. We demonstrate that statistically significant improvements in their range of motion, reduction of pain, um, and overall improvement in quality of life, which is really the goal. We want patients to feel better and we want them to be able to do activities uh, that they wanna do every single day. And back pain is really debilitating. So I think that you're gonna see more and more practitioners moving to these type of therapies and offering it to their patients. Um, so one of the things that we did in our study is we actually did an intradiscal injection, which means that we can put the cells directly into the center of the disc to help with any sort of annular tears or to help improve disc height. Um, the discs are made of cartilage, so what we're trying to do uh, is improve that cartilage space um, and volume. The other thing that we want to do when we're addressing patients with back pain is look downstream to the discs. So because you're getting an injury in your disc, it means that there's something going on downstream in the surrounding tendons and ligaments. So we can also do injections in that surrounding tissue to help strengthen it. Because if you address the injury in the disc, but you don't address downstream, um, you, you're just going to allow for more injuries in the future. Um, so we really have to look at the full picture. Using these treatments in combination with a, a healthy and biohacked lifestyle uh, is really going to be the key to success for these patients. In other words, if we address the acute injury or the damage uh, that's been created over time, but then we don't help the patient to live a better lifestyle style with an anti-inflammatory diet and to detoxify, um, then they're going to be right back in that same position. Um, so so a really a full combination approach to health and well-being uh, is critical mm. for a patient with chronic back pain. So I have your article open here. So uh, there's the figure three on average pain ratings. Uh, and uh, what can you tell us about the results here? Yeah, so um, patients demonstrated statistically significant improvements in their pain scale. So these are patient reported. Um, essentially, they're saying that they don't have as much pain. They're able to reduce uh, the use of any sort of painkillers that they were previously taking um, in order to make it through their day. Um, they also showed improvements in their range of motion, um, meaning that they can do activities that they hadn't done uh, in many years as a result of the, the debilitating back pain they were experiencing. 
using, this was the first ever study using stem cells from the fat tissue for degenerative disc disease. So we were very excited about the uh, outcome um, and certainly look forward to doing additional studies in the future. Right. So if I went, you know, into uh, a treatment like this, what kind of um, diagnosis would you do and what would be the intervention all about and what kind of risks uh, should I prepare for? So when we're uh, going to be addressing back pain, we of course want to see a recent MRI to understand everything that's going on inside the spine. Uh, we also work with a pain management, double-boarded pain management and anesthesiologist specialist who will review um, medical history and go over the MRI and try to determine the most appropriate treatment pathway going forward. We do all of our injections under live x-ray or C-arm. Um, so it's fluoroscopy, uh, which allows us to uh, get the exact correct needle placement and do the injections. Um, the, uh, as far as side effects and limitations, of course, anytime you pierce the skin with a needle, there are risks associated with that, including things like infection. Uh, but we've demonstrated that these are safe procedures in that study. We did not have any severe adverse events reported from any of the patients. It was a very tolerable procedure. Um, the site where we remove the fat tissue can sometimes be a little sore. Um, when I had it done, I equate it to feeling like um, if I had done a, a really hard ab exercise that I hadn't done in many years, uh, that sore feeling. So if someone were to push on it, it felt like a bruise. Um, but other than that, very tolerable. I was back at a spinning class in two days. Um, as far as where we do the injections in the back, you may experience some soreness um, from the needle pokes. Uh, but again, you can resume your normal activities. So uh, significantly less downtime than you would experience from any sort of back surgery. Right. And um, uh, where in the world is this even possible? Like, I would imagine that here uh, it's only used for cancer patients, for their immune system support and so on. Like, what, what's going on here in terms of getting this kind of more uh, preventive or, or kind of uh, um, treatments that are not necessary for reasons that are life-threatening, but which mm -hmm. are dealing with just like improving the way I feel. Yeah, so we're seeing more and more practitioners worldwide uh, integrating these therapies into their practice. Uh, we've trained over 700 practitioners. We currently work with uh, over 280 physicians worldwide who are offering these therapies, um, and not necessarily for back procedures, but for all indications. Um, we have several clinics uh, within the United States that we work with, as well as some outside the United States. Um, and every single morning I wake up and I look in the mirror and I say, how am I going to get stem cell treatment? to as many patients as possible today. Uh, so today was to do a, a podcast with you. I think the more audience that we can reach to let them know that these therapies are available and that there are probably practitioners in their area that are beginning to integrate into their practice. So um, there's a question from Lee Evin uh, from Finland. He's actually Australian here in the chat that where can you partake in a stem cell therapy if you want to do it in the European Union? Do you, are you aware of any? Um, so I'm not sure uh, in Finland, but certainly if he wants to send us a note, we could look into that and see if we have any doctors in that area that have come through training. Um, we are usstemcellclinic.com. Um, feel free to send a note. Uh, it's info at usstemcellclinic.com, and we can uh, begin to hook him up with practitioners that, that would be closest to him. I see. If not, come to Florida. That's where I am. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to be joining you uh, at least for our upcoming conference. So what can you tell about the conference that you're organizing every year? Yes, so I'm currently serving as the president of the Academy of Regenerative Practices. We have an annual conference uh, every year. Our next one is coming up in March, 2019. Uh, we just had a conference March, 2018, and it is available uh, online for anyone who missed the conference and would like to watch the lectures. Uh, we have um, scientists, physicians, um, and other biohackers from all over the world come and present about some of their research and, and help people obtain healing from the inside out. Uh, tap into your natural healing. This is uh, the most valuable thing you've ever been given is your health. So learn how to make it the best. We will be there with Dr. Oli Soviarvi. So I will be 
focusing more on the technology side of optimizing your health and Oli is going to be focusing more on the kind of nutritional different interventions that you can do also to support your stem cells and, and, and mitochondria and so on. So very excited about that. So check it out if you, if you are in the U.S. and you're planning to get more uh, knowledgeable about regenerative medicine. The lineup looks absolutely stunning. Um, when it comes to different resources, so if, you, if people want to learn more about stem cell therapies and dive deeper into it and, and kind of what, what it takes, uh, what would you direct people to go for when it comes to websites or podcasts or research journals or, or you know, just about anything that like a book, for example? Sure, sure. So um, on our USStemCellClinic.com website, we have a lot of resources for interested patients. We have videos. Um, we also have uh, different articles. Um, we break them down and we show um, easy to understand results because I think sometimes these articles can be a little overwhelming with uh, high tech scientific terms. Um, in addition, you can certainly go to PubMed.com articles. Um, I have um, several articles available on PubMed um, uh, describing some of the treatments that we've done. Um, so you can type in my last name uh, to view some of those articles. Um, the, the internet has quite a bit on stem cell research at this point, and uh, I think it is something that all of us are probably going to get done to us in our lifetime. Absolutely. So um, I actually want to throw in the weekly app review so so there's a couple of interesting apps that i found that that would be would be of use if you are into There is uh, a couple of interesting apps that you can get yourself into if you're interested in human anatomy. So there is the Stem Cells um, uh, Journals app uh, that basically includes uh, all the news that are going on in stem cells as we speak, uh, uh, aggregated from, from different sources. So, so, so that's something you may, you may wanna jump into. You can, you can look at different issues and um, uh, news that is coming out uh, from, from some of these main publications. So, um, Kristen, which which uh, journals are you following on? If if you if you kind of want to look at the uh, leading leading edge research on these things. Yeah, so I don't follow any particular journal. I more follow uh, PubMed, which is PubMed.com, um, to see what is being published. This way, you can see um, all the journals gathered together. Um, this this uh, journal that you're talking about, stem cells, tends to be a little bit more basic research as opposed to um, actual treatments on humans. Um, so more like benchtop research, looking at the different types of cells that might be present in our body, which is fantastic. Um, but then uh, how do we actually apply those to human treatments um, for that? Like I said, I, I go to PubMed just to see what groups are uh, publishing different trials and or studies uh, on humans and actual translation into the clinic, which I think is gonna be most interesting for the patients. Uh, how does this apply to them personally and their health? Is there any books that you would recommend for people who are interested in kind of getting a basic overview on stem cells? Yeah, the challenge with a book in stem cells is the field changes so rapidly. So by the time a book is published, it's already become outdated. Uh, so there, there aren't a whole lot of stem cell books that, that I can recommend uh, at this point. Um, I would say mostly going to the journals. I see. Okay. So uh, what kind of search keywords would you enter into PubMed to kind of stay up to date with these things? Um, probably stem cells uh, in general. And then you could also put stem cells uh, human. Uh, that way it shows you which ones are going to be done on humans versus uh, a mice study. Um, but uh, I actually just was at the uh, Paleo FX conference and I talked about this on stage. Um, uh, an interesting study that was coming out of Indiana University uh, where they were working with rodents and they um, had had the rodents smoking cigarettes and they developed emphysema. 
And how, then how, they, does a, how does the rodent smoke a cigarette? I yeah, picture tiny, in my mind very just tiny. very tiny cigarettes uh -huh, enjoying. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, can they get hooked to it? Like, you know, if you give them a pack oh, of yes, cigarettes, they, they, keep, they, so they actually, will keep on smoking. So they actually put them in cages and then they blow the smoke into the cage. And when they first start dosing the, the rodents with cigarettes, they run away from the smoke. They don't like it. Um, but within a short amount of time, they've become addicted and they actually run to the smoke. Uh, which was a separate study. But anyway, in this study, they were showing uh, that when they would dose these uh, rats with uh, cigarettes, they would develop emphysema. The uh, next thing that they would do is dose them with stem cells from the fat tissue, and they could actually reverse the emphysema. Well, in a second arm of the study, what they did is while they were having the rats smoke, they were dosing them with stem cells the whole time, and they never developed emphysema. So this concept of using your stem cells in a more protective uh, nature is, is huge, preventative. That's, that is a huge relief to anyone who is smoking out there. You can continue smoking and you will be able to fix yourself with stem cells. And that That's also right. includes all the small rodents who are hooked to tobacco. Um, yeah. And as a, an interesting side note, um, I can tell a lot about a person just by looking at their fat tissue that we've just removed. Uh, so when the fat tissue comes out, if it's kind of gray tinted, uh, we know that you smoke. Um, that's very obvious. And we find that when we try to isolate your stem cells and grow them, if you are a smoker, they just don't grow as well. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously we, we don't need extra reasons not to smoke cigarette, but here's another one that it definitely makes your stem cells not uh, as viable. Um, the other thing is we notice that when a person is following a kind of keto and or paleo type diet, their fat is actually very dense and almost sticky, stringy, and we get much higher stem cells per gram of tissue than somebody who is on a very high grain diet. Uh, someone who's on a high grain diet tends to have very fluffy, buttery looking fat, um, and we do not get as many stem cells per gram of tissue. Ooh, that's gross. It reminds me of all those pictures of lung tissue of smokers, but I didn't know it's going to also end up in the fat tissue around the body. Uh, looking at the body, I mean, if people are interested in anatomy, there is uh, the Essential Anatomy 5 app, which is super cool. Also, our, um, uh, for example, uh, this, this app is used in medical school. So if anyone is kind of interested to dive deep into their own bodies and figure out, you know, if you have a, let's say a spinal injury or something like this, uh, you may want to uh, kind of, kind of look at this thing. Let's see if I can kind of dig out the spine here. So, so this is a pretty cool app on its own, uh, kind of getting yourself, um, let's isolate this, this particular part so you can kind of dive deep into your body and better understand some of these anatomical issues, especially if you have some MRI pictures, that's probably going to be a pretty cool uh, app uh, for anyone who's interested in their body. And um, I imagine in the future, we will have MRI scans that will be turned into apps like this so that you can browse yourself around and you can almost plan your own treatment uh, while you're looking at what's going on there. So that's super interesting what's possible with today's technology. I wish there was an app like this for cell biology. Uh, that would be super cool to dive deep into and understand what's going on on a cellular level. Uh, are you, um, Christine, aware of any apps or websites or anything that kind of helps people to dive deeper into cell biology? I'm not, but I just added something to my uh, to-do list. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah, this <laughs> is a really, really cool app. So, um, that's it for the weekly app. So if people want to know more uh, and they want to dive deeper into, into their own bodies and uh, into their own body's ability to heal, uh, where, can they do, where can they find more information about the work that you do as well as um, you know, if they're interested to get a treatment like this or consultation for it? 
Yeah, definitely. USStemCellClinic.com. Um, also, they can follow us on Facebook or uh, any of the other social media. In addition, I have an open Facebook page. They're welcome to come and follow me or chat with me there. It's Kristen with an I, Camilla, comma, PhD on Facebook. And uh, I, I would love to hear um, from anyone who's interested in stem cells and find out how we can help you tap into your natural healing. Uh, I think it's important that everyone take their health into their own hands. No one's going to care more about your health than yourself. That is definitely a punchline that I also like to use. No one else is going to be a bigger expert than you. So get, get down to, you know, also this type of information. If you're into longevity research and uh, kind of figuring out how to live happy and long and pain-free uh, stem cells have a huge potential, although they are still a kind of a growing field and it's still early. Uh, my understanding is that the FDA in U.S. has not yet classified stem cells as, as, as medicine. What do you think about this? So we're in discussions right now with the FDA to figure out the most appropriate pathway forward. Uh, we work with a large firm, a law firm in DC to help us navigate these conversations. Um, our feeling is that the stem cells that exist inside our body are not a drug and we are going to fight to keep the rights of patients to harness this as well as practitioners to use this as a tool for their patients. Good. So with Kristen, we're going to have her as a keynote at the, one of those upcoming Biker Summit conferences. There's going to be a conference on 18th of May in Stockholm. Kristen's not going to be there, but there's going to be a bunch of interesting people like Serge Baguette, who I interviewed in a previous episode. There's going to be Greg Potter, who is a, a sleep researcher looking at time-restricted eating. What does it mean if you eat during the night, what does it do to your lipid values and, and your risk for diabetes and your general health and well-being? So there's many things that you can do while you're still awake and uh, in terms of uh, systemic interventions into your own biology. And uh, when it comes to our upcoming events, there's going to be an event in Toronto. Uh, it, it, it's still under planning. It's going to be around November. So a biker summit is coming up there. We don't know if Kristen's going to be there or in our flagship event that's going to be in 2019 uh, spring in Helsinki, Finland. We're going to be sending out more information on those things. So please follow us on uh, uh, please follow us on 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 Facebook and on uh, YouTube, and we'll post more information on this and check out the BarkerSummit.com website. So, Kristen, with that, uh, awesome to have you here. Looking forward to your talk also in the future. Anyone interested in the Regenerative Medicine Conference on the U.S. side, uh, check out the U.S. Stem Cell website and follow Kristen on, on, uh, on Twitter and elsewhere. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me.